Hello everybody, my name's Colin D. Ellis and welcome to the Culture and Coffee podcast where I discuss a news story or a topic of workplace culture and some practical things that you can do over the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee. So let's get into today's episode. Hello everybody, it's Colin here. Welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the 11th of December 2023 and as my daughter reminded me, it's two weeks to Christmas and even though she's 16 shortly after Christmas, she still gets excited by it even though we lied to her for years about the existence of a big fella in the North Pole. But that's all right, you know, we've, we've kind of made a peace with that now. Um, this week I've been in, in Berlin, a mixture of business and pleasure and it was freezing absolutely freezing it's it, it it's times like this when i'm back in europe um especially in northern europe at this time of the year i realized how how acclimatized i've become living in the southern hemisphere uh, it was minus one and honestly it felt like about minus 20 then it got colder it was minus six and that felt like it was about minus 50 and and then it snowed uh and of course it was very very pretty um but i was absolutely frozen couldn't feel my fingers couldn't feel my toes and it reminded me when i was a kid and snow used to fall and there was this there was always this hush that fell over the neighborhood it's it's, it's that's what i remember um no cars would be on the road and and you would just go out snowballing and then come back like five hours later like your parents had no idea where you were and they didn't care either they were just like you know at some stage they could they should come back Uh, and it did remind me of that even as a even as a fella in my early 50s i get those good memories anyway the other thing that it reminded me of and mainly because i've seen lots of people out and about um while I've been here in Berlin and obviously talking to clients about about this as well is the old end of year celebrations. Now, now, now for those in, uh, I guess, sort of more Christian countries, there's there's a kind of break for Christmas. Now, I don't want to specifically focus on Christmas per se, because I recognize that it's not everybody's religion, even though that was something that I grew up with. It's not everyone's religion and not everyone has the luxury to break for uh, the end of the year but I do want I want to I want to talk about celebration more generally but I also want to acknowledge I'm here in northern Europe when traditionally um, and it's the same in it's the same in, in in Australia as well whereas traditionally people will stop to you know I, I hesitate to use the word celebrate Christmas because I think it's losing its meaning for many people but they they, they what they do is they stop because they've got the end to the end of the year and there's some form of celebration, some form of party. So that's what I'm going to talk about on the podcast today. I'm going to talk about how to celebrate respectfully. Because not everybody does. Like in an ideal world, everybody would celebrate respectfully, but they don't. And and there are many stories in the media all of the time uh, about, you know, times when that hasn't happened. In fact, in fact, as a manager myself, uh, I had to issue someone with a formal warning, which I'll get to as we go through the, the podcast when I talk a little bit about this. But almost every team at some stage needs to celebrate success and they, they need to. 
it is a need. It's definitely a need. And, and, and often when I start working with teams and you know, I ask the question, you know, what are you good at? What are you not good at? You know, all very consistently, one of the things that teams aren't good at is celebrating success. And, you know, I always refer, you know, Danny and I, my business partner, recently started working with, with sports teams. If you haven't downloaded the white paper, by the way, you can get that from www.theteamcode.com. Um, and there was a great piece of research done by a guy called uh, Dr. Gert van Pepping. Uh, he was a sports scientist at the University of Groningen. And what he was able to uh, demonstrate through its research is the more convincingly someone celebrates success with the teammates, the greater the chances are that the team will win and win in whatever whatever winning means in, in your context. And remember, I've talked about this before, but it's worth reiterating, every, everybody in every business wants to win, but winning at all costs is really, really, really bad. And that's what we want to avoid. So winning in and of itself is not a bad thing. And what we what we need is people with discipline. We need people with drive. We need, you know, kind of people who who understand how to collaborate to really, to really, you know, set in motion the conditions where each team can win. But that's got to be done in a very humanistic way. It's got to be done in a way where there's no stress. There's no anxiety. Everyone's in it together. There's no bullying. You know, and I've talked in the past about high performance. There's still this connotation with high performance. In fact, in fact, I think I talked about it on the last podcast about the culture crisis in sport is that high performance is shouting and screaming and bullying and anxiety. And it's not. You, you, you can get some high performance in that space if that's what, you know, if that's the route that you take. You shouldn't, but if that's the route that you take. But it won't be sustained. And at some stage, the culture will, guaranteed, it will turn toxic if you stay there for too long. A high performance, you know, consistent high performance, consistent winning, you know, and when we talk, when I, when Danny and I talk about sports cultures, we very much talk about winning cultures or vibrant cultures, we call them in the, in, in the corporate space. It's about making sure that you understand the behaviors required, make sure you understand the goals and, and then making sure that everyone understands that in order to achieve those things, you have to be the best version of themselves. And, and, and that's where you get consistency when everybody understands what good teamwork looks like. Now, I'm a big believer and always have been a big believer in is that if you're going to hold any kind of end of year celebration, it's not something you do because it's driven by the date. And I think lots of people do that. Lots of people are like, oh, it's the end of the year, or it's Christmas, or it's December the 1st. We should celebrate. We should have a Christmas party. Who's organizing the Christmas party? It's very much a kind of Christian thing, that the, the Christmas party, but, but who's doing that? And it becomes a default. We're really, you know, kind of any any end of year celebration really you know it, it is done because you've achieved something it's not just done by default um i i you know i believe that celebrations are earned yeah and and high performing teams will say this they'll say when we achieve a target or or else when we or live in the values that we have in, in plain sight. That's cause for celebration. 
missing targets, missing deadlines, having a really poor culture is not a reason for celebration. And yet people still do it. They, they, they feel like, you know, a, a party in December is like a magic wand. And, oh, we should do this, or we have to do this. No, you don't. You really don't, and celebration should be earned. That said, if you don't achieve what you set out to achieve, you can still bring people together and, and pause for reflection. Talk about the learning that you do you have talk about the things that you're going to do differently next time you don't want to you don't want to celebrate this many organizations and, and unfortunately it will happen again this year it really will happen this year many organizations will they'll they'll stop they'll celebrate and then the media will point out they've got absolutely nothing to celebrate that either the you know, the culture's not great, they've, you know, kind of unethical behavior, they're making billions and billions of dollars, whatever it might be. Um, and, and so I, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, when I work with clients, I talk about, okay, well, you know, what, what do you have to achieve in order to celebrate? And a client not long ago, they canceled the end of year celebration because they'd missed the target. And they'd done it in exactly the right way. Like culturally, they built the target in the right. They, they they built the culture in the right way. They you know they were shooting it for a particular target, and they talked to their employees. So in fact, it was the employees who said, "If we don't achieve this particular target, then we won't have the end of year celebration." And they didn't miss it by much. This was the interesting thing. They didn't miss it by much, but they said, "No, we have to be true to our word." And I spoke to one guy afterwards and I was like, oh, so what do you think? He's like, I love the fact that we stuck to our guns. He's like, previously, our previous culture, we'd have still done the end of year celebration and pretended that nothing was wrong. And we'd have all known that we actually missed the target that we had. He's like, so it feels good. He's like, don't get me wrong. I would love to have had the end of year celebration. Um, but we didn't earn it. I love that. That's high performance right there. It's that recognition that, yeah, it's, it's a reward. Now, it's not just a reward for targets. Uh, and often the end of year celebration becomes that. For me, it's, it's you know, it, it's about living the values in plain sight. It's about demonstrating behaviors. It's about collaborating in different ways that you, you haven't done before. And often what I'll do, and I did this uh, year before last, actually, year before, year before last. I get lost with the COVID years. I think it was the year before last. It was the first year where we were able to really have a decent-ish Christmas. And I did, um, you know, I do lots of kind of evening speeches, particularly for celebrations, because people want something that's a bit funny, a bit energetic. And I and I got people at the tables to think, at, you know, think about, you know, what have they achieved this year as individuals? What have they achieved as a team? So this is something you can copy, right? What have they as achieved as a team? And on a scale of one to ten, no, I think it was one to five. On a scale of one to five, do they fit? You know, how do they feel? Do they feel that they've earned the end of year celebration? I think zero was no, and five was absolutely hell yes. We should have done it before. So that's a good little you know kind of exercise to to undertake, particularly if you've got a a team committed to the evolution of culture. But this time of year, December, particularly again, Northern Hemisphere, the, the nights get darker. Um, you put the heating on. That's something I've got you see when when we when I first when I first arrived here, 
I was absolutely freezing cold and I put all the radiators on to maximum. And so by the second day, I was absolutely boiling hot and sweating because I've got my thermals on and there's the kind of inside outside thing. But it is, the nights are darker, the heating's on, it's colder outside, of course it is. And people are kind of looking forward to a break. People, people who are able to take some time off towards the end of, of, of December, um, you know, they're looking forward to a break. I've talked about in the past about, you know, if you're on the edge of burnout, then when you stop, you will get sick. So get ready for that. The best thing to do is to try and catch up on your sleep now. Don't overwork in the two weeks before, you know, the two, three weeks before the end of, your, the, end of the years with you and you're going to take a break. What you need to do is get on top of it now, not be like, oh, when, well, when I, when I take a holiday, then I'll catch up. No, you'll get sick. You will because you hold, your body is holding back so much and it can only hold back so much for so long and you will get sick. So you want to you avoid that at all costs. But this time of year, I remember when I was a, an employee myself, we used to call it the silly season. Uh, people used to let their hair down, hair down, hair down, let their hair down. Uh, and my favourite, not, sound like Borat, my favourite, not. Uh, is when people just say, I'm going to let it all hang out. Just the worst phrase. What does that mean? And for any any kind of end of year celebration party, there's, there's just a couple of things I really want you to think about. Now, if you're an employee, uh, there's a fair few things that I want you to think about. Is don't overdrink. Put, your, put yourself to bed at a reasonable hour. Um, don't... Um, don't force yourself upon another human being. Uh, don't give anybody any unwanted attention. It's ridiculous that I'm having to say this, but some people need to be told. I'm hoping you're not one of them, but some people do. And if you're not one of them, in your head, you already know who that person is, right? Either in your team or in your workplace, there's always one or two people. They're just like, nah, they just don't know how to behave. Now, partly, partly I blame the organization organizations for this that blames a wrong word um i don't i don't think you know organizations do enough to set expectations around these kind of end of year celebrations and i know not every end of year celebration is a party right and i'll, and I'll come back and talk about other celebrations shortly but particularly but especially right now i'm talking about any kind of party the organization has to be crystal clear with its employees what they expect. Now, don't write a really long document. Don't refer people to the code of conduct. I mean, that's the worst thing that you can do. No, if you're if you're in HR and you write code of conduct, I just want you, I just want you to know now, nobody reads it. Like nobody reads it because it's too complex, too difficult. So make it easy to understand. And you know, for me, it works best when people and culture brief people managers. And they should do that a month before the end of the year, if that's when those kind of celebrations take place. And they should brief managers on what's appropriate, what's not, because not everybody knows. Now, this is not some kind of don't party, I'm killing your joy podcast. It's not that at all. It's really, you know, I used to, when they were done well, which... I think I was fortunate as an employee when I read some of the horror stories and hear some of the horror stories from clients. I think I was a, I was fortunate 
is most of the end of year celebrations that I attended were pretty great. They were pretty great. Was, 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 was people's behavior always great? No, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't, but something was always done about it afterwards. And I learned a lot from those. I really did. So I think it, you know, if you're, if you're a manager, you really need to set expectation about behavior, what's appropriate and what's not. I think you need to remind people that this is a celebration of values. It's a celebration of individual and collective team achievement. It's, um, it's, it's not a reward. I think that's a mistake a lot of managers and a lot of teammate, teams make. Or is this is your reward? Because if it was actually a reward, actually what people would prefer more is to be listened to, to be heard, is for their emails to be uh, responded to for their calls to be returned people would prefer that much more than a some kind of party at the end of the year it's it's not a reward it's an opportunity for, for, for you as a team to celebrate either your commitment to the values or the success that you've achieved however expectations do need to be set around the behavior not only that the organization really needs to draw a line between where its responsibility starts and ends and it ends as soon as people leave a meal if there's a meal and i always recommend you know when i get asked a lot by clients is okay well we want to do a party what do you recommend there's like food is good you know do food if nothing else it lines the stomach i, th I think too many organizations make celebrations about alcohol i was doing that in the mid you know we were doing that in the mid 80s mid to late 80s, you know, our celebrations were about alcohol. I worked for a bank at the time. I was 17. I remember going to these pretty grand, who knew a bank would have enough money for a celebration? Who knew? We've made another billion dollars on top of the five, million, five billion that we made last year. Um, you know, let, let's spend $10,000 on you, the employees. Uh, they were always pretty grand affairs and, you know, we would get dressed up and you didn't really know where the employee, when I think back now, the employer's responsibility start and ended. But I always think food, food is good because if nothing else to provide, you know, it lines the stomach. Um, also, from an organizational perspective, what you don't want to do is fund alcohol. Again, it sounds like I'm being a bit of a killjoy. I'm really not. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll buy loads of wine for the table. Listen, some there's usually like, you know, on a team of 20 people, three people will dominate that wine. And they'll what they'll end up doing, definitely, definitely seen this many, many times, is they'll drink all the red, they'll drink all the whites, then they'll mix the two, they'll call it rosé because they think it's funny. And it's not, because rosé is a different wine completely. Uh, they'll think it's funny. And what they'll do is get absolutely hammered. And they're still on the company time. And at that point, the manager's got a responsibility to say something if they haven't already. And so I always think that alcohol should be uh, purchased by the individual because then there's less of it. And unfortunately, alcohol is, uh, apart from being one of the most addictive drugs, as we all know, uh, and the cause of many, many social problems, it can also cause untold organizational problems too. 
so again, I want to make the point that while celebration is important, I, the, the point that I'm making here is it's crucially important to bring people together. Just don't make it about booze. Also, you alienate people. It's that classic thing is, oh, we're going for Friday drinks. Well, what does that mean? If I don't drink, does that mean that I don't get invited? Um, so I, I just, you know, just need to think a little bit more. I, you know, like I say, I, I, I think it's, for me, it's about a, a celebration of values. Now, I, you know, the example, I mentioned this at the top of the show, I have a very good example, uh, something that happened to me, is I set expectations uh, for one of my teams. I was working in government and the team had done really, really well, like really well. I was super proud of them. Uh, we we had a number of targets that we had to meet, and we were easily on course to meet them. I well, you know, I think back now with a real sense of pride. And we had a a, a little party booked uh, upstairs at a venue, just just not so far from where we were working. And I laid out to the entire team in what we would now call a town hall. This is I don't know, fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. We would now call it a town hall. But I laid out in very clear and simple terms just how proud I was of everybody and and the fact that we were going to have an end-of-year celebration. I didn't mention alcohol, end-of-year celebration. Um, I think I talked about the dress code. and But then I outlined the behaviours that I expected of every individual. And it was about being respectful. I didn't use the word humans. I think, it was, I, think I said teammates. I wouldn't have used the word humans back then. It was about being respectful towards your teammates. It's not saying anything or doing anything that would make other people feel uncomfortable. I, I distinctly remember having this conversation. And I remember having the conversation because, unfortunately, one of the team drank way too much and then made some inappropriate comments. Thankfully, they were only comments. Well, not thankfully, that sounds terrible. Um, that, that was bad enough, to be perfectly honest with you. And the person on the receiving end of them kind of laughed it off, but told me anyway, uh, and, and then I had to deal with it. And because I had set expectation about behavior, I was able to give this individual a formal warning. And they were mortified by their behavior. But of course, they'd drunk way too much and didn't remember it, which made it even worse. So when we, when we whatever kind of celebration that you're going to have, and, and, and celebration is important, um, it's important for so many reasons, uh, not least that it's a it's a bit of a break from the norm, to be perfectly honest with you. It, it, it instills confidence in people. Uh, one of the biggest things is it, is it brings people together. There's a real sense of unity. So when you make the celebration around values, when you make the celebration around behavior, when you make the celebration about team achievement, you create this real strong sense of unity. Not only that, that unity then leads into optimism about, about what's possible, and then people take motivation from that. And all of these things are, fun, you know, are hugely, hugely important. Excuse me, sir, just take a drink. All these things are hugely important for your, not only for your culture, but to create the foundations moving forward. You know, I've worked with a number of sports teams myself and, you know, quite often what they do is have this hectic schedule over Christmas. And what you need to do is set up the expectation so that people understand that it's going to be a hectic schedule. Understand that there will be a break for Christmas, uh, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere. These are teams that I was working with. But actually, that will be based on performance. 
And if we don't perform and we're not where we want to be, then yeah, we're not going to stop and celebrate that. But what we are going to do is we're going to reflect. We're going to reflect on where we are. We're going to reflect on what we've learned. We're going to reflect on what we need to do different culturally in order to be able to achieve those targets. And that really creates a sense of unity. It's a fantastic opportunity to do so. And every organization should have those celebrations planned in. Um, and they can they can be as simple as, I don't know, behavior of the month. I'm trying to think of some things I've done really recently. Uh, have a board, wait, I think one, one client, we had a ways worth smashing it board, which is a celebration of individuals. Uh, stand an agenda item um, to kind of give kudos to people who have who have done good work or behaved in a way that we that we want to see, which is always good. Um, you know, so the, the, there's lots of things that you can do. Thank you cards for me are a big one. A thank you card is a recognition of good work. It's a, it's a way of celebrating success with the with the individual. And of course, what happens when you when you do that, for those of you who are interested in the brain science, is is when when it, when humans receive praise, it releases a chemical called dopamine in the brain, and dopamine helps us to feel satisfaction, motivation, pleasure, all of these kind of things, and can reduce the likelihood of anxiety and stress. It doesn't eradicate it, but it can reduce the likelihood of it. Now, now for all of the all of the senior. Uh, leaders that I'm I'm working with at the minute you know I'll have finished all my calls next week and talking to them about well how do you how do you wrap up the end of this year how do you celebrate through your words and your actions you know and it is to talk about what we've learned it's to talk about what we've achieved it's to talk about the opportunity that we've got it's to talk about how we're going to refresh the foundations. Almost every team that I'm working with is, is undertaking some form of culture refresh workshop at the beginning of the year. Of course they are. That's why they've got good cultures. They're not just talking about it. They're not saying, oh, we can't take people off site or whatever it is that, that, you know, the excuses that you hear. They recognize that you've got to bring the curtain down on one year, give people the opportunity to stop rest, relax if they're in that position to be able to do so. And then when they come back, bring people back together, reunite them, and then really set the tone for what you expect for the rest of the year. Um, our brains are interesting as well. I talked about the brain. Often the brain, it's not perfect, right? It, it tends to remember what it wants to remember and so you've got these people who hark back to the old days oh the parties that we used to have were brilliant they were this that and the other and and oh you you, you know we you can't do anything these days it's just like the, the world has changed these you know anybody anybody who says you can't do anything these days you know they 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 need to educate themselves about the way that the world has changed um, we we, we want to make sure that everyone's focused on the future, but we want to make sure that, you know, the things that the brain does remember are the memories of when we were able to bring good human beings together to celebrate collective achievement that creates the foundation for future success. So wrapping up this podcast, talk about this for a while. Um, what we, what we, you know, collectively, what, what I want you to do, if, you know, if you're, a member of a team listening to this podcast and your your team is having any kind of either end of year celebration or any kind of celebration at all 
I want you to be a good human. I want you to be respectful. I, if, if, if alcohol is involved, I want you to moderate it. I want you to think about um, the, the, you know, kind of needs and wants of the, the other individuals in the team. You don't want to ruin your own or other people's break over the, over the new year. Again, you know, I'm a big believer in celebrating, but I'm a big believer in doing it in the right way. And I think when you do it in the right way, not only do you get a sense of satisfaction and this sense that I've earned this break, but you also get that that really warm feeling that actually together we did it in the right way. And we had a what I would call a gentle celebration uh, of our collective endeavor, how we lived our values that creates the foundation for success in the next year and beyond. Okay. Uh, so this is the last podcast for 2023. Uh, I'm going to take a break myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at taking breaks. I have to be perfectly honest with you. A little bit vulnerable here on my own podcast. I don't want you to get the sense when you listen to these that, you know, oh, he's got everything nailed. Just no way. Uh, my mind is a constant tornado uh, of just stuff and ideas and client stuff that you know where I'm where I really want to help people uh, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm I've got a little bit of a different plan this year of how I'm going to relax I'm going to be spending Christmas in the northwest of England in the Lake District which is a place I have really fond memories of I'm going to be inflicting my Christmas on my kids and ruining their Christmas, yank them out of the summer in Australia uh, for the for no doubt the driving rain of the Lake District. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take some time to to reflect myself. I'm going to uh, I'm going to you know I've, the, the, there have been some really great things that have happened this year. I'm going to celebrate those um, and also going to kind of think about what I want to do differently next year. I want to I want to say a huge thank you. Uh, to you, not just for listening to this podcast, which has gone on for far longer than it normally does, not only listening to this podcast, but also uh, for your commitment, for your feedback, for your ideas. Um, for those of you engaged in any podcast, any blog, I am I am truly, truly grateful. When I started my business, uh, what would it be now? Eight years ago, I never, I never imagined this. I never, I, I, you know, I had some very short-term goals. The first one was, you know, kind of survival because I'd gambled the family's future on this. Uh, so to be in this position now is is testament to the people who've shown faith in, in the work that I do. And I will continue into the next year to do uh, different things, to find different ways to bring value to you in everything that you do. So if you celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate the holiday season, I want to wish you all the very, very best to you and your families. If you don't, um, then, you know, keep the faith over this period. Um, if you make resolutions, it's an, it's an opportunity to reflect. All I would say is make the resolution now so that it means something and that you don't pin it to a date. Uh, if you want to change, you, you can change absolutely anything that you want at any time. You've just got to have the commitment, the willpower, and it's good if you've got an accountability partner to help you to do that. Right, enough, 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 enough. Uh, that's me for 2023. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Speak soon. Ta-ra for now. 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about how I can help you transform the culture of your team, head to my website at www.colindellis.com. Thank you.